back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 14, Last Words. And my fellow Minnesotan traveling companion, <laughs> Jen, is next to me. Hello, Jen. Hello, Steve. And Jen might be a little quieter this podcast because she has been going through weeks of grueling work. Oh, it's been so much. <laughs> and to talk her into podcasting tonight... I had to allow her to just watch the episode and not take any in-depth notes, and she can just kind of chime in when she feels it necessary. But it has been a long time since we podcast. We got one out right before we left for Minnesota, and we can share a little more about that when a little further into the podcast. And then after we got back, we were going to take a week off from podcasting, and the following week, unbeknownst to Jen, she ended up having to be stuck at work till somewhere between 10 p.m. to midnight all week. Yep. Not working, stuck at work, so she'd get home after I was asleep many nights. <laughs> and then this week has I think I left at 7.15 one day, because it was still daylight out, and I was so excited. And then this week <laughs> hasn't been a lot better, but at least you worked from home today, and yeah. I put the child to sleep tonight, so it was probably the only window we had to podcast for the rest of the week. Yep. And unfortunately, my work schedule just looks like it's going to be bananas for the rest of the year. So we'll do the best we can. Yep. Or Jen will have to just find a new job. <laughs> so we have a couple emails, and then we'll cover this episode. Um, I'll read the first email, and then we'll actually get into the episode, or, or maybe share a little bit about our trip. The first email I'll read is from Sam McManus. We'll start with our first email from Sam. Sam, our, one of our newer writers, wrote, What's up? Me again, remind me never to email you when I'm hungry. I totally meant that Marshall wasn't to blame for the infertility issues, but I get what it's like to think you are the issue. Yikes. Anyway. (laughs) So I I remember his last email, but I don't remember it sounding too off-key, like he's indicating here, but it was a while ago. I don't remember offhand either, but either way, it's all good, Sam. I also wanted to answer Felix's question, even though nobody asked me. (laughs) Nice. In my opinion, the best trilogy is Back to the Future. There's something about the mix of past, future, trying to fix your mistakes, and realizing that things weren't always the way you thought that makes for great cinema. What a great bad guy in Biff, too. Back to the show. Jen, I will gladly accept your offer to dialogue and defend season nine when you guys get there. Maybe we could do a threesome podcast for the whole season and you can get the third perspective live and in person. Hope you enjoyed the Minnesota Twins. Well, I don't know about threesomes and you talking about my wife's breasts as the Minnesota Twins, Maybe Sam. Maybe just meant the baseball team. <laughs> I mean, did we mention that that's what people were doing for the family reunion? Actually, no, we didn't. Oh. I don't think... Maybe we did, but the Minnesota Twins is what Marshall's mom referred to her boobs as. <laughs> I think that's what he's referring to. Or or he's it's a double entendre. Perhaps. Both the team and Marshall's boobs. mom's boobs. <laughs> Judy's boobs. Picture it, Marshall. Are you picturing it? <laughs> All right, thanks for writing in, Sam. So we had fun in Minnesota. We spent a few days, as we had mentioned, at a lake resort and then... We went back to Minneapolis, but on the way, both to and from the Lake Resort, we did pass through in in the middle of St. Cloud. Sure did. And we were really trying to time it. Yeah, we were really trying to time it so we could stop for lunch on our way back to Minneapolis in St. Cloud. But 
it just didn't work out that way. And then when we finally did get to Minneapolis and we're with our family and told them about our trip, they said, oh, did you go through St. Cloud? We said, yes. They go, oh, yeah, that's known as the armpit of Minnesota. Oh, I missed that part. <laughs> oh, maybe you weren't there when he said that. <laughs> well, I wanted to see the school that had the hug as a mascot. <laughs> but we didn't see that. Anything else we laughed about in Minnesota? About how I met your mother? I don't think so. Not really. And surprisingly, I feel like we did not hear that many Minnesota accents while we were in Minnesota. Yeah, even my Uncle John, who's known for saying all dudes in the car. Right. Yeah, he was. He sounded a little... I don't know. We, we might have just been tired. Maybe. Not paying close enough attention. And it's, I think it's really the older generation that does it more so than... True. The people we were spending more time with. Um... But yeah, overall, good trip. Nice little lake. I did have a college years Barney moment on Sunday when we were at the county fair with our son. And there was a guy that did a caricature portrait of Jen and our son. And he was trying to give high fives after we were leaving. <laughs> and I said, sorry, I only, I only give high twos. And he I just mean, smiled and nodded at me. I mean, he was clearly like an old hippie. Yeah, he was down. Um, <laughs> and his name was Biff. I meant to mention that when you were <laughs> reading the Back to the Future piece wow. of the email. <laughs> we are definitely in a simulation now. <laughs> All right. And then fun news, Wayne Brady came out as pansexual publicly. Indeed. And even though he played a gay man on this show, I would not have guessed that. Sometimes you kind of get an inkling, but I get maybe that maybe it's because he was married and so forth, but to a woman. Yeah, there's some bi and pan erasure. All right, let's get to this episode. I, for the most part, enjoyed the episode. It wasn't very funny. Right. Um, I, I felt like, yes, Marshall's supposed to be emotional through the whole thing, but I don't know. He was sort of mopey emotional in a way that I didn't very much. Yeah. I hate to say the word enjoy, because th- this is a funeral. And <laughs> right. You know, obviously, I went through losing a parent last year and, mm-hmm. you know, sadly didn't get my last words with her because when right. she went into the hospital, we were expecting that she'd probably recover from what she had. And with COVID rules, I could, we could only have one visitor for a week to see her. So I was there with her her first week there, and she was up and down in how she was feeling and being treated and... Well, we but, initially thought she was going to be there for like a couple of days. Yeah, it was it was sepsis poisoning or sepsis shock, and which you can recover from. Mm-hmm. But then they found that her lungs were in really bad shape. Now she hadn't smoked for forty something years, so I don't think it was a result of that. I think she had lung dis- uh, undiagnosed lung disease, probably. But then the second week, my brother stayed with her, mm-hmm. and she started to get worse and worse, and then the. The day between him stopping to see and to see her and my turn again, they had to intubate her. And that meant she never got to say anything again. So, you know, sorry for the depressing story, although it is apropos to, to this episode. But, you know, the, we were trying to be so encouraging while she was still alive or while she was still Conscious. lucid and talking to us. We didn't want to hear any negative thoughts like this might be it. And so right. we sort of forced her into being cheerier where which did not give us a chance to say our last words or say goodbye to her. Although I said plenty to her when she was unconscious, but... And I've heard a lot of stuff in the last, like, probably, like, two or three weeks about 
how much people can like absorb while they're in a coma. I think there's a very good chance that she heard and um, even even when she was intubated, they could t- let, let her out of off of the medication a little bit so she could wake up a little bit. Yeah. And I saw her open her eyes and almost seemed to be responding to sound a little bit, but she couldn't, she could not verbalize. Well, obviously she's yeah. intubated. Sure. She could not indicate anything to me. So, mm. um, you know, it was just, you know, unfortunately the, the last few, three or four days of her life, she was unconscious and couldn't speak. Right. But, so I kind of felt, Marshall's pain here and that he didn't get the end. Now, at least he had a loving goodbye from his dad right. as he was leaving. You know, it was it was a nice you know, thanks for visiting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, his was better than anybody else's when he asked them to all share their last words. Yeah, very true. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in here. We really pretty much start off at the funeral. Yeah, yeah. So we last left off with Marshall finding out his dad died, and we're plopped right in the middle of the living room. I guess it's like a pre-funeral. It, it would almost situation. seem like a wake. Yeah, but then yeah, the service is later, so like this whole setup. Yeah, you don't a usually go to someone. Yeah, you you don't usually go to someone's house before the ceremony of the yeah. funeral. Yeah, so I guess this is just a weird narrative choice that they made to help the storyline flow. To yeah, him doing his little speech at the end. What we're dealing with first is everyone talking about how they feel pretty useless right now. They can't help Marshall, and they want to be able to help Marshall. Billy tells a little, sort of a funny anecdote about how she offers to pee for him, and then is like, this doesn't even make sense. Robin knows what her role is. She's the vice girl. Everything that Marshall's going to need, she's got with her. She opens up her purse, and the gang looks in there and is very impressed. Cigarettes, alcohol, firecrackers. Be cool, nerds. Yeah. That's a good line. And then Lily kind of knows her role. She's going to try and help Judy through this. We get a fun comment from Robin. Yeah, but doesn't Marshall's mom hate the fact that you two aren't very close? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Pretty well delivered. There's some goofy stuff about the word duty being used. And then Ted takes that as a cue of, wait a second, we need to laugh here. And it's our Mm -hmm. job to make Marshall laugh. Right. So Barney and Ted decide that the way that they are going to make Marshall laugh is by showing him internet footage of a guy getting hit in the nuts, because apparently that's always one of his favorites. Yeah, they're going to get their bro a four-star Nad Radler. This is all homage to Bob Saget, I think, with funniest America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, good call. It could just be a coincidence, but there's a connection there in my mind. Yeah, Definitely. Marshall mentions that uh, he left his charger back in New York, so his phone's out of juice. Does anyone have? And Robin quickly, outlet or USB? <laughs> Pulls one out of her purse. We get Judy interacting with the Reverend. She's glad the Reverend's there to conduct the service. Unfortunately, the Reverend can't. His daughter is in Chicago and just went into labor, but he's leaving him the capable hands of his son. And then Marshall reacts to this. Your son? Do you remember Trey? Marshall turns to his friends. Trey Platt terrorized Marshall growing up. He was the toughest bully in school. Then we hear, sup, Marshall. Marshall turns around. It's Trey, who's at least a foot and a half shorter than Marshall. Yeah, I was going to say, like, two feet shorter than Marshall? Like, significantly shorter. He's played by Danny Strong, who I know best from... Who I know best from Mad Men. He played a... 
the like the son or a relative of one of their clients or somebody important to them, and they brought him in, and he, he wasn't very good. Okay. And so they let him go after a little while. In fact, <laughs> do you, I don't know if you remember this, but when he came into interview, he brought a book of his advertising work, and it was all it wasn't anything he had done. It was just good ads from newspapers. <laughs> And they were like, you didn't do these. He said, no, but this is the kind of work I admire and want to aspire to, to create. <laughs> and, then he, and then he shows up when in California later, in a later season when they're out in California, and he's a successful like TV or movie writer. Okay. He, Maybe we should do a Mad Men rewatch sometime. I already did one. Oh, did I, I could eventually do another one, but not for a while. Okay. Apparently he was also in Buffy with Allison Hannigan. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Again, never watched Buffy. So Trey's still a bit of a sarcastic bully. Yeah, he seems like he sucks. Not really the right person for the job here, I don't think. Right. And then the story like just doesn't go anywhere. That's true. Like he's Although he might be back. Maybe? Next week? I don't know. Not that I remember. Marshall comments, Trey Platt, I can't believe my father's funeral service is being led by Trey the Noogie Machine Platt. There's a lot of questions about that. Yeah, Ted goes, that guy gave you nookies? What do you do, carry a stepladder? Marshall says, no, he made me carry it. <laughs> it's just it's such so a funny confusing. such a funny visual <laughs> of this guy bullying Marshall into carrying a stepladder so he could give him a nookie. Right. Yeah, this is... That must have been one... He must have been like a Joe Pesci out of, <laughs> out of Goodfellas. Trey wants to take them to, through some questions to help prepare for the service, so he wants to know what the last words were with a deceased. So he's taking advice from his dad, but he's, like, trashing it as he goes. I'm going to help create a theme for the service or whatever. And then he, when he asks for the last word, he's, like, lame, and tries to move on to the next question. But Judy's last words with Martin were lovely. Marshall's brothers were a hike in the snow, and he taught my son how to skate. And it gets Marshall to thinking, we, we get into the running theme of him remembering new last words. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he remembers one, and then he says, oh, wait, here's another one. The first one was his dad wanting to get an extra pork chop for the flight, How and then plain food is ass. Yeah, that, this is all very confusing. Then something about getting a, it's raining, so he wants to get a an umbrella from his neighbors, the Koreans, because they're trustworthy and generous people, the Koreans. He keeps yelling out the Koreans. <laughs> right. And lots of people are stopping on the street to look at him, and Marshall's kind of like just like hiding in the window. Lily calls it, it's positive racism. <laughs> right. It's like us Jews really know how to save money. Then we get this series of Barney and Ted coming in to constantly show him videos. Oh, I didn't think right. this ever worked. No. Ted's energy was weird in this. Let, let, let's take a look at, this, at the video. Yeah, he's trying very hard, and yeah, they're going for some sort of shtick with every video that they show. But yeah, it's not the best part of this episode by any means. So Marshall remembers that that wasn't the last words. He did actually go down and meet them, and the Kangs did, in fact, have an umbrella. So. And Marvin advises, Marshall, rent Crocodile Dundee 3. I caught it on cable last night. It totally holds up. <laughs> so now we go for a while with thinking that is the last words. Have you seen the Crocodile Dundee movies? I don't think so. Maybe when I was 
a young kid, but... The first one was a huge hit in the 80s, and Paul Hogan was a huge phenomenon in the 80s after that movie. Now, they did do a Crocodile Dundee 2 and 3. I saw 2. It was not good. (laughs) I I didn't make it to 3. But according to Marshall, it's the second best of the Crocodile Dundee movies. I do like that. I caught it on the cable last night. Hmm. A man approaches Robin. He hears that she's the woman. He, she's a woman who can get things. Robin says she's been known to locate certain objects from time to time. Now, as you were trying to point out, mm-hmm. obvious montage to Shawshank Redemption. This was the interaction between Andy and Red. Right. Word for word. The vodka <laughs> and dirty playing cards, too? No. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a while. Uh, well, actually, no, maybe he did. After... Red says, I gotta look it up. I feel like Red does make some comment to, like, if you need a drink or some dirty playing cards. Oh, okay. So that's what this guy asked for. That, that, that would make more sense if that was actually in the movie. I think you're right. It was. Okay. Robin actually has those things. Marshall then notices that he has a voicemail from his dad. Yeah. Apparently his phone's been dead for a while, so this is the first time he's noticing this pop-up. But we dragged through a lot of the second half of the show with him not wanting to listen to it because it could be worse than Crocodile Dundee 3. Right. Then he notices Mom's is about to collapse, so Lily offers to go and handle it for him. Right. And then the gang starts talking about, you know, last words don't have to be profound and meaningful. Like, it's too much to live up to. We get some fake history about Nathan Hale <laughs> right. from Barney. I'm not going to run back through that. Um, some woman, again, approaches Robin. Hey, so um, I heard you might have... You heard right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Robin's getting excited about this reputation she has. So, And the, actually, the woman that comes up to her is a girl. Yeah, I was going to say, when she first talked up, I was like, is that one of the brother's wives? And then I, I find out she's 15 later. I was like, oh, I was way off. Yeah, she sort of does look like one of the women that played the wives in season one of the Thanksgiving yeah. episode. I mean, she's tall and blonde. That's about right. it. Right. <laughs> Lily comes up kind of excited about something that just happened. Lily offers, it's a flashback, and Lily offers Judy to take a break, and she'll take over cooking for a while, and Judy screams at her. Yeah, she just loses it. <laughs> you think your snobby New York cooking's better than mine? Admit it. Well, go ahead, Lily. Why don't you just whip up a batch of your fancy tofu sushi bagels and choke on them? <laughs> and then she goes to take a nap, so right. this is her first sleep in a while, and Lily says that her new role is Judy's bitch. Yeah, so she's all on board for taking that on. So I guess she feels useful. Lily tries to then go back to comforting Marshall that it doesn't really matter that much what what his dad's last words. He's making too big a deal out of it. And then Marshall points out, what if your dad's just died right now? What would their last words have been to you? I mean, and I, I, I think she's right. Like, they had an amazing relationship. It wasn't like they only talked every once in a while from you know, last episode. It sounded like they talked almost every single day. It's almost it's only coming up because the Reverend brought it up. Yeah, and everybody else had these like beautiful stories, but Ted gives the first story of what his last words with Ted was, and this is this is a great scene. Uh, I'm gonna be Ted's dad. Okay. So he gets Stephen Keaton again. And he's wearing a fedora and sporting a soul patch. And an earring. <laughs> yes. He says, Been been fun broing out with you tonight, T Dog. Yeah, so glad we can talk about our sex lives now. That's totally an improvement. I hooked up with a younger woman the other week, Donna Bromstead. My prom date? How far do you get, T-Dog? I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, Stephen Keaton. <laughs> I wish my dad would, would 
hook up with one of my old dates from high school. <laughs> All right. We get Lily's last words with Dad's story, getting a call from Mickey from prison. Needs 15 grand to get out. Lily then pretends that she's her answering machine. <laughs> right. It's so after all of these, Marshall oh, well, we get does Robbins. a lawyered right oh, yeah. in between. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah Marshall's right. like you know, showing that he's proving his point. Then we get Robbins with her dad, oh, and we get God. the we get we get the first introduction to her new actor dad, played by Ray Wise. Oh, and he's basically just talking about how disappointed she is in him, and then he's just basically talking about how disappointed he is in her, and that maybe she'll finally do something significant, and then. Uh, oh, by the way, happy birthday. Yeah, the point is, happy birthday. Ted said, that's awful. No, here's the awful part. You remembered my birthday? <laughs> God. Oh, poor Robin. Hey, you can relate. Uh, 100%. <laughs> Although your dad's not disappointed in you. No, 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 no. He just wants you to... Be a therapist? Uh, <laughs> yeah. If he's calling, he wants your pity. And once every five years, he remembers my birthday. Has it been that recent? Yeah. He called while we were in Hawaii last year. Okay. Barney says he thought he always had it rough, not really knowing his dad, but now he feels like he won't actually have to suffer like this, and then he goes into another video. Then Judy comes in, dragging the girl that Robin gave some liquor to. Cousin Daphne, he was 15, who got her drunk. And I like Barney, and here's your phone number back. <laughs> Yeah, Robin's about to take responsibility, and Lily just... Jumps on the grenade. Right. So, yeah, Judy says, there's nothing funny about getting minors drunk. You should be ashamed, Lily, ashamed. And then she starts eating, which is the first time she's eaten in two days. Grabs a big spoonful of ambrosia salad, it looks like. I don't know. Lily said it's mostly cheese, mayonnaise, and jelly beans. So, it's unclear, but yeah, she takes the entire bowl of it. It's an unhealthy ambrosia salad. (laughs) Barney and Ted realize that all these videos of people getting hit the nuts isn't doing anything. They think they'll try it in real time. I do like Ted's line, yes, nothing beats the immediacy of live theater. (laughs) He gets a little douchey moment in there. And then Barney basically knees him in the groin, and it doesn't really go anywhere again. Right. Like, Marshall's not noticing anything of their shtick. No, he's just in his own space still saying, like, he's not going to listen to the voicemail. Like, it's just Red red Crocodile Dundee 3. That's it. Until the memorial service. And then we get the brothers going up and telling their stories. And Judy going up telling her story. Yeah. One of of his brothers sporting an early Bieber haircut. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we've seen that before, but I think I'm just thinking of next week's episode. Instead of going up, Marshall just goes outside to get some air. Everybody comes out with him. You know, he finally he decides he's going to listen to the voicemail, and it just like crushes his soul when he finds out it's a pocket dial. And he goes on a, a tirade, you know, yelling at God and just you know, really feeling all his feelings. And then Marvin's voice comes in, says, "Oops, looks like I've been butt dialing you for a while. Anyway, your mom and I had such a great time seeing you. I love you." Yeah. And I cried here. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's perfect. Like, you see his despair, and then all of a sudden, like Lily says, like, your dad came through one last time. So we go back to the funeral, and Marshall's up there talking, but instead of telling that story, he tells the Rent Crocodile Dundee 3 story. Mm-hmm. Then we get a scene of Judy thanking Lily. 
yeah, knowing Judy, what she did. Yeah, Judy recognizes it and you know, kind of appreciates it. And tells her that the dress makes her look like a Kansas City whore, but that was the last shot she wanted to get in. <laughs> Why Kansas City? I've been there, honey. It's... But what's that have to do with Minnesota? Like, Actually, I haven't <laughs> been to Kansas City. I've been to St. Louis, Missouri, not Kansas City. Yeah, like... What does Judy know about Kansas City? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, hard to say. Um, so, yeah, we're back at Marshall's parents' house, and Marshall says something about wanting to watch Crocodile Dundee 3, and Robert pulls the DVD out of her purse. Yeah, that was a good shot. <laughs> Marshall's leaving the room. He says to the group, these are my last words to you all. In case these are my last words to you all, I really, really love you guys. Now I'm going to drop a deuce. That's going to be my worst line. Oh, okay. A lot of scatological swings mm-hmm. of humor in this episode. True. Yeah. And so then we get kind of like a quick cut of everybody making calls to their dad. You know, Ted, Lily, Robin. And then Barney calls his mom and says, I'm ready to meet my dad. Yeah, I got choked up there, too. Yeah, just very emotional because, you know, what, what season are we on? Six? Yeah. Like, yeah, we've had six seasons of Barney, you know, being in denial or then just saying, no, I don't need it. And now him finally kind of coming to that space where he feels like he's ready. So I, I ranked this episode all the way back at 143. I, if I threw in some of the emotional points, it would have been quite a bit higher. But probably, right. again, not top 100, just yeah. not enough to it. There were some good moments, but unless you're just rating, you know, I think I did. I shared in some sort of article rated about the most emotional episodes right. of the show. And if you're rating on that, those would be top. But, yeah, just not... I like that they hit these moments now and again, but that doesn't mean it's got to be one of my favorite episodes. Right. My favorite joke, I think, is the he made me carry it line with the stepladder. The step. Okay. Yeah, the stepladder. Stepladder, or was it a yeah. stool? Okay, stepladder. Um, my favorite is Robin whipping out the Crocodile Dundee 3 DVD. Yeah, that's good. It was very unexpected. Like, actually, it, made me, it was my actual like biggest laugh of the episode. And then I already—I just said my least favorite, the drop in the deuce. Um, I'm going to go alongside you and say my least favorite was the duty. Okay. The Judy duty and then the joke about duty. Yeah, we're not down with the poop. <laughs> Apparently not. All right, next, next episode is going to be Oh Honey, which I love. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And we got uh, Katy Perry in it. Yep. Now, you don't care much for her character in that, but I, I think it... I no, think it I went like, really yeah. well. No, the character is completely ridiculous, but she does a good job with what this character is. But just nobody in the world is that stupid. I will read our most recent email from Felix out of Sweden. Hey, from Sweden, he says. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't read the title. Ted is not that bad in this episode is the title of this email. So I feel like I need to go back and look at all of Felix's emails. Like, is every subject line a rating about Ted? Yeah, we'll go back and check it out next time. Because <laughs> I know last week was something about Ted Bosby being the worst. So I don't know if this is a new thing or if this has been ongoing and I'm just now noticing. And first of all, I think we forgot to thank Sam for writing in. So thanks, Sam. Oh, I did. Oh. You forgot. All right. So Felix, hey from Sweden. This episode is really good. The best in this episode is definitely Robin. She is so funny. Lily being Judy's bitch is just perfect. Ted and Barney's way of making him cheer up is sweet. Last words are important. Best part was that his last words was, I love you. That was good. 
that way I always say goodbye to everybody when I leave because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we do that too. With each other, but not everyone. Oh, no. Well, look, <laughs> you and Tyler. Okay. <laughs> I had a meeting with my, my boss today when I walked out. I was like, all right, love you, You Chris. know what I meant. All right. Best joke. You're like Mary Poppins if her magic purse was also filled with drugs. Oh, we did skip over the Mary Poppins part. That was funny. I didn't like it that much. That's because you didn't watch Mary Poppins as a kid, and you have no frame of reference. I mean, for I the s- nostalgia of it. Right. Worst joke, none. Wow. Felix is huge on this episode. Yeah. And it's five questions. All right. What do you think of people who talk and use phones during movies at a movie theater? His answer, it's the worst. Well, Felix, here's my question. Does anybody like that? Yeah, that's like asking, what do you think of of jerks? (laughs) So we're with you on that. Two, what do you think of the writers and the writer and actor strike? His answer, he thinks it's horrible what the big studios are trying to do to the writers and actors can't afford to pay rent. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about it. The little bit that I've heard and the comparisons that are being made is that, you know, back in previous decades, like, you know, the heyday of Seinfeld or Friends, like, you write one of those, you can be, like, a popular one, you can be set for a really, really long time, and that's just not the way things work anymore. No, they just, I don't think they wrote those streaming into those contracts. Well, so that's part of it is so much stuff is now switched to streaming, which is a smaller, you know, set of episodes. So there's not as many writers or if there's, you know, the same amount of writers, they don't get as many episodes. Um, Yeah, there's fewer network shows that are going to be the longer seasons and those ones don't pay as well as they used to. They don't get the viewership that they used to. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I get it. It's, yeah, streaming has really disrupted the way that people can make money as a writer, I guess. Um, yeah, and I think, the act, is the actor strike just in solidarity, or are they actually... I think it's in solidarity. Okay. Do you know who the president of the Screen Actors Guild is? Is that the nanny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. I did not know that. I think... Yeah, I think it all comes down to what are they making versus the businessmen in this? Because yeah. that was sort of figured out back in the 70s and 80s. Actors started getting paid a lot more mm-hmm. and studios making a lot less because the agent system built up and they were able to negotiate on behalf of the actors. Um, I, I don't know enough about, about the economics of this, of who's winning versus who's losing. I don't know that actors can't afford to pay rent is being addressed here. I think I mean, yeah, very, be, I very few actors make enough to make a living. Less than 1%, obviously. And then there's ones that are making $20 million a film. Right. So yeah. the question is, should that money be filtered back to people that are doing lower level work? Or I, I just don't know if, mm-hmm. if where you take that out of the pot. But I don't know enough to say anything intelligent about this, to be honest. I think if if the balance is becoming unfair, then it's time to negotiate, and that's that's right. always the case. Yeah, so you know, we'll see what the impact of this ends up being on, you know. I've already seen at least one show that I liked got canceled, and it was partially attributed to the writer's strike. Question number three, what is your favorite movie soundtrack? I think I have to go with Purple Rain for myself. Mm. You? That's a tough... 
tough one. Well, you're I thinking a year ago. I might go with Forrest Gump because that one is really good. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go with one of your, like, in the Heights or... Well, I was about to get to, I also really liked the Moulin Rouge soundtrack from, oh, yeah. you know, whatever year, 2000, 2001, whenever that movie came out. But yeah, I think Forrest Gump just has so many, like, classics on there. But that's like a hard one to beat. Well, you and I just watched, rewatched Forrest Gump mm-hmm. a month ago, or maybe a little longer. Yeah. So I wonder how much of a recency effect you're ha- it's having on your opinion there. It could be, but that was you know that was one of the CDs I had back in the day of you know the double disc CD because there's so many songs on it. I don't know what a CD is. <laughs> What's a CD? What year were you born? Some other ones I like uh, the movie Singles. I really like the soundtrack on that. Okay. And Pretty in Pink, really good sort of new wave soundtrack for it. Okay, question four. Have you watched Chernobyl? Oh, I don't think we gave Felix's answer. Oh, sorry. Felix says that right now it's Oppenheimer by Ludwig Göransson. Hmm, yeah, we've not seen that yet. No, we're heard. Question four. Have you watched Chernobyl, the show on HBO Max? His answer is yes, he has. (laughs) It's one of the best limited series of all time. We watched that. Yeah, okay. we did. I was going to say, I, I watched that or we watched that. It was that. a while ago. <laughs> yeah. We watched it when it just came out. Mm-hmm. We loved it. Yeah, that was really good. Number four. I'm sorry, number five. Do you have Letterboxd? If not, it's a great app where you can rate and rank movies and do movie lists. Huh. If you If you do have it, follow me here, and then he gives his ID on it. Cool. I've not heard of that. Should I read his ID on it out? No, I think that's for us. Okay. If you want us to share it with the masses, you can let us know. Okay. No, I am going to check it out. I love lists and rankings. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't create this app. Yeah. I always thought about that. And there was, um, oh, what's the actor from, and writer from The Office that played Ryan? B.J. Novak. B.J. Novak. Yeah, he tried to start a website called Lists. That does sound familiar. Was it a website or an app? I think it was a website. Okay. Sounds vaguely familiar. And I think it's sort of, but it was, it was app-like that people could contribute their lists. Okay. And it's tried to make it into sort of a, a list or ranking Reddit. Hmm. Okay. I don't know whatever happened with it. I never heard of it again. Yeah. But I thought it was a good idea when he was doing it. I thought, oh, that's something I would want to do. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have. I am going to try, you know, depending on Jen's schedule for work next week, try and push for us to do another recording next week just to make up a little bit for having missed so much. But if not, we apologize again. It's been a rough few weeks. At any rate, uh, thanks for listening. If more of you listen, then maybe we can get ads and then I don't have to work someday. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone email 20 of your friends and tell them about our podcast and then maybe we can start getting paid on this sucker. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for your patience. That's it. Nothing pithy. But we have no last words. (laughs) Good one. Thanks. Thanks.